We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nikhami, entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of my very own beauty brand, Carmela Cosmetics, and business consultant. This is We Are Women, Beauty Redefined, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast features different women whose names you probably recognize. You've seen them, been following them, and might even think that they've always had it together. Listen in to hear the women you know and love share their journeys with self-acceptance and self-love, discovering their unique beauty and confidence in a society that for so long has focused on exemplifying a specific beauty standard. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of red and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night and we are women. Beauty redefined. If you've been part of our community for a while, you know that I am a huge fan of self-care, feeling and looking our best from the inside out. I am so excited to share with you part of my own wellness journey with a wonderful studio that truly focuses on you becoming your healthiest self inside and out. This podcast episode is sponsored by Olivia Wellness, a wellness studio that I've been going to for close to a year now and I'm a huge fan of. We all want to feel and look our best from the inside out. That means glowing skin, a healthy immune system, increased energy, and less bloating and inflammation. Olivia Wellness is a wellness studio located in Herald Square in Hoboken, New Jersey, dedicated to detoxification and self-care with services in colon hydrotherapy and lymphatic drainage. Colon hydrotherapy is used to eliminate toxins, leading to a healthier body and reduced inflammation from the inside out. Paired with Olivio's signature 60-minute lymphatic drainage massage and you're in for a relaxing day of detoxing. You deserve to feel your best. Visit oliviawellness.co. That's A-L-I-V-I-O-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S dot C-O and use code CARMELLA10 for $10 off individual service. I am so excited for tonight's episode featuring my wonderful friend, Nechama Kohn, singer, songwriter, performer, and life coach. We had such a great discussion together where Nechama shared her journey of what inspired her to become a singer, how she channeled her sensitivity and creativity growing up, and how music saved her and was her anchor. Nechama also spoke about how we're all human at the end of the day and multifaceted and how her music only reflects a part of her. She also shares why she decided to become a life coach and how it brings the sense of connection she cultivates with her audience to a deeper level. Nechama also spoke about what inspired her to work on her self-love and how living in the public eye has contributed to her work on her self-worth. She also shared some tangible ideas on how to stop being self-conscious and love yourself as you are despite your imperfections. We also spoke about how it's so important to get out of our heads and come back to our core confidence and self-love. How at the end of the day, you are the only one who experiences the results of what you do or don't do. And how, believe it or not, Kim Kardashian is a great example of that. We also spoke about how everyone is fighting for more visibility these days and her own journey and mindset when it comes to her own visibility and the idea of comparison, how she works against that. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Let's dive on in. So what I was like as a child, um, first of all, that's just such a big question because to think back to your youth and like how you were as a child, it's really, it's a really interesting place to put your mind in, especially as an adult. But um, as a child, I, I was very like, 
everything was wondrous to me, which, which I like to try and think about sometimes because I want to capture that magic. But I was very, I was like that Disney lover, not even necessarily Disney itself, just that type where it's like everything was magical and I just had so many big dreams and I still do. Um, I used to like space out and sit on the couch and stare out the window and just like watch the trees and like I was very mellow like that and I listened to tons of music so yeah it's a very you know happy just wondrous kind of child. Yeah I love that I find that a lot of creatives share that share that um, you know wonder as a child because that kind of is the foundation of of your creativity and your love of life and seeing um, deeper than the surface. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's very, that's very true. It's like, even as a child, when I think back, I knew that there was more to life than I could tell that I was in a place that was maybe different than some other people, you know, my age, or even just the people adults around me, because I was always just thinking that everything was more magical than other people seem to think. <laughs> so I was like, wait, is it, is it actually magical? I mean, am I going to grow up and see that things are not the way you know, and in a way, yes. And in a way, no, because I still, that's part of like you're saying, the creativity is seeing the magic and is seeing the wonder and being in that headspace. Right. Right. But as you're saying, it's also interesting because when you see the cre- the creativity and when you're, mo- and I guess it's, it's kind of like being in- very super intuitive, that's really what it's like. Right. You also see the parts of life that are not as beautiful. It's a package yes, deal, essentially. You definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> You're hundred percent right. So yeah. how did that contribute to, you know, your future career as a singer, songwriter? I would love to hear, you know, kind of about your path and journey towards that. I know you're doing other things now as well. So we'll get into that yes. too, but um, let's start, let's start by talking about your journey again, as, as a creative, as a singer songwriter. So Yeah, you're definitely right with that. I mean, I think that it, like you're saying, it's a package deal and my sensitivity, I would call it, which, you know, it's a very broad word when people say sensitive also has like a negative connotation, but just being a very sensitive soul and heart, you know, everything that I saw and I experienced, I took very much to heart. I took very literally and I, and I really took it in and I tried to see it for everything that it was and understood it on levels that people you know, just were maybe staying at the surface. So it definitely caused more pain and hardship and challenge than like, even as a young child, I remember thinking about things that like probably other children don't think about, you know, when the tragedy happened, I took it so seriously. And I thought that like, you know, the world was over and I would cry about things that like never even affected me. Like I was just very, very sensitive and, um, yeah, it definitely, it definitely came with everything that everyone did or all my life experiences that I had were, were just, I guess, certain things were harder to, to deal with than other people may have had because, you know, um, I was more sensitive and everything affected me much more seriously. For sure. Yeah. How did you channel that sensitivity? So really music was my favorite thing. And, and that's, that's that's what I say like saved me that's what I say it sounds so cliche and it sounds like you know everyone says that but really music was my anchor to to staying here you know in the world and staying grounded and at the same time also taking me to the place that I love which is that wonder and magic and an expression of emotion and having that full freedom to be my intense deep self um and I wasn't always so intense as a child I didn't always act intense I was very 
like playful and fun, but I had a very serious element to me and I still do. And I still balance that, like both of those parts of me and music is, I think really that, that bridge and that anchor and that safe place for me to like express myself and to enjoy and to be connected to that, like spirituality and bigger, bigger feeling that I was feeling that I couldn't contain always so well as a child. Right. And I just want to point out, because knowing you personally as a friend, that you do have both sides to you. You know, when when someone meets you, you, you don't give off that intense vibe. That's Thank not you. what you're like. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's good. I, yeah, that I don't you, meet people and I'm like, hi, I'm so serious. <laughs> <laughs> because it's funny because people, well, we're, we're, we're multidimensional people, right? So For sure. if someone just knows you from your music, right? And they listen to you, especially your first album, which was beautiful and also very um very deep and um emotional right they might think of you as a certain way but the truth is is that if they meet you in real life they almost might not necessarily know that it's the same person right away right it happens it happens happens to be I was just talking about this with my husband because he we were talking about like writing happy music versus writing sad music and where does that where does it come from within you and like maybe because I was so used to channeling my pain and my um, experience of like deeper emotions into music that I don't like I didn't actually what's the word like sharpen the skills of writing from a place of joy and from and I have so much joy and happiness and so many other emotions but for some reason I still feel like what comes most natural to me and the ability to express I, I think that I was trying to explain that like it's it's a little bit it's not just that I need that that's the skill that needs to be sharpened. It's also that when you have something that's painful, you don't necessarily have any place to like express it and to deal with it. And that's why when you write music, it's an expression of that and it's a place to put it almost. And then with happiness, there's, there's always place for happiness. It always feels right to be, or almost always, you know, joyful and happy and it feels normal and it feels like you can talk to other people about it and everyone will receive it very nicely. So it's there's almost no reason to write happy songs in a in a sense that <laughs> sounds crazy it's that it's not doing the same it's not fulfilling the same purpose as what I do when I write sad songs so I still have this um part of me that like my happy emotions I don't necessarily jump to music to express them I'll do it in other ways and then my sad and more complex emotions that's I'm writing to kind of figure it out and process it and share it and contain it and so that's why I'm more inclined to write from a sadder place. But like you're saying, if someone meets me, they might not, they might see me only from that one dimension, which is not hundred percent who I am at all. Right. Right. It's so, it's really fascinating how we as human beings work, you know, it, it really is. <laughs> people, have, people have been studying it for generations. Right. Right. And speaking of that, we talk about what you're doing now with your coaching? Because I know you were going for psychology, your undergrads in psychology, right? Yes, you are keeping good track. <laughs> Most people are like, whatever, I'm not sure what you're doing at this point. Like, <laughs> Right, so now yeah. what exactly are you doing? Let's put it like that, besides for the singing. You're right, so I did get um, a bachelor's in psychology. Um, at one point, I thought I might get a PhD in psychology. I might go into neuropsychology. I had a few different paths that I thought I might take. Um, Also, you know, just being a social worker, a therapist or something of that nature. 
um, I always loved, like we're talking about people and understanding people and expression and um, just connecting. Connecting, I think is the main word I would use for myself that I like lights me up and I absolutely love. So in all the different forms with music, I connect to people really well in the sense that they feel understood and we connect through the emotions. And when they come up to me, even though they don't know me and I don't know them, it's like, oh my gosh, like we totally get each other because we understand the same things and we were connected by the same mu music. But um, I also had more desire to like interact with people on a more intimate level because when I sometimes when I perform and I sing and I put out music, it's a little bit abstract to me that people are, you know, like I was saying, if someone comes up to me, that's it becomes a little more real. But on a daily basis, I live my life without knowing that someone just put on my music on Spotify, you know, like I don't know that. So it's it's a little bit harder for me to grasp that like connection that I know that I have with people, but it feels not real. And I wanted to, there's so, there's so many like aspects of myself that I love, um, you know, with connection and stuff. So I love to connect to people and I love, I think I have a really good understanding of people. People come to me for, you know, validation and, and advice and just a listening ear. And I'm that kind of person. And I pride myself on being, you know, a good friend and being that kind of person. And the more I thought about it, I don't know, one day it just clicked, like maybe I should be a life coach because going for a PhD and all that, like in a way is trying to prove to myself that I could do it, but it's not necessarily what I actually want to do. So when I, it, maybe it is, and maybe I'll do it in the future, but right now what's calling me is to connect to people now is to give what I have to give now. And also with therapy, therapy is a little bit different that you're more of like the reflection and the mirror and you can't give advice. You're actually like, it's illegal in the therapeutic world to give advice. Um, life coaching is pretty much people paying you to give advice so that I, I was thinking like it's going to be so nice to talk to people and see where they're where they are in life and give them advice and listen also of course and help guide them towards just better decision making better time management better relationships better you know containing of their emotions or expression of their emotions just anything that they're looking to better in their lives. And so one day when that clicked for me, I was like, I'm, I'm going to go for it. Like I searched online for a life coaching certification um, course and I took it. It took about six months and then I started coaching and it's been around a year, year and a half that I've been doing it so far. And I absolutely love it. That's so cool. It makes total sense what you're saying also. Total sense. A combination <laughs> of, of knowing people, but connecting with them face to face or through zoom, whatever, you know, as opposed to yeah. having them just here. Cause, and you know, it's so interesting because for years, so you were one of the, I would say the original, um, Jewish female singers yeah, and back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> when it wasn't album. popular. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, that was really unique. Um, what, what motivated you, what inspired you to, to put out that, that album? It's funny because I've answered that question a lot and I don't even remember what I said other times, but when people ask me that question, at least right now, automatically what comes to mind is like, I felt like I had to, it felt like the natural, even though it wasn't normal and it wasn't regular, it wasn't like the kind of thing to be doing at that time. Um, I just felt like I have something to say. I have this intense experience and range of emotion in my life that I'm not seeing to find anywhere around me, but I do know it has to be that other people feel the same way that I do. And it has to be that, you know, God gave me this gift of, of music and of complex emotions to, to do something with it, to inspire, to connect. And 
you know, the talent of singing and writing, it can't just be that I should sit here on my bedroom floor, like writing as a teenager in my room and like not doing anything with it. it has to be there are other people that feel the same and it has to be that I need to like do something with what I have inside of me. And I just felt very compelled to do it and to figure out a way to do it. And it just led me to, you know, figuring it out and doing it eventually. And it, it didn't feel so much like a choice. That's what what's funny about it. So interesting. That's, that's actually really fascinating. And it makes total sense because, you know, sometimes we just feel the like the need an inner desire to do something. And it's like, okay, we're just going to do it, figure out, figure out a way. Yeah. And that's how you know that those things are just like true inspirations and true um, where you don't actually talk to people and ask them and get, you know, get any resistance towards your momentum. Like you have an idea, you have an inspiration, you want to do something and you feel like it's right. And there is no way that anyone or anything could even stop you. You're not even necessarily interested in other people's opinions. You just are like, oh, this makes sense. Let me do it. And a lot of times that's when you know that something is truly right. When you don't need anything, anyone's approval, you don't need to actually go through the pros and cons. Like you just actually do it and you figure it out along the way because you know that you were meant to do it. Yes. I love that. Cause we live in such a generation that with so much external pressure that we're constantly, you know, worried, concerned about what other people are, are thinking. Yeah. And often the answer is inside us. I mean, that sounds so profound, but it's true. You know, it is, <laughs> it's profound and it's profound for a reason because it, it resonates. It is true. Yeah. So, okay. You have, okay. So, so you started your career as a singer songwriter. You were very young at that point. Um, I believe, cause we're the same age. Wasn't it like right after high school that you. So in, in high school, I was actually working on it. I ended up putting it out when I was 20. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, this is a perfect example. Well, you're a perfect example really of a niche market. Um, you, your, your, um, clientele, your, I don't know what you call them. Like your, <laughs> my listeners, your fans, my, my yeah. fans, yeah, I don't your know. Listeners, your fans <laughs> are, um, are typically, you know, religious Jewish women and, but you have a lot of them, you know, you have a lot of them. So, but definitely you're a public figure. So how and, and recognizable, right? Because people, people, especially these days with Instagram and um, yeah. social media, whatever. Yeah, so, sure. so how, how did, how has that um, been in regards to affecting your self-image being, being a pub, being in the public eye? It's such a good question because I think it's often overlooked, especially by the audience, you know, like by the fans and by the, they don't necessarily, until you're in a position of being somewhat of a public figure where people actually recognize you and you feel on guard in a certain way, like you want to be open in a certain way, but you still feel on guard. I think that it affects your self-image and so much more than people realize. And um, it really changes your psychology. Like it's over the years of being, uh, of this, you know, being my experience, it just changed me so much for I would say hopefully at the end for the better, but I'm saying there were a lot of hard parts about it and a lot of good parts about it. And I think probably the best part about it and why I'm saying it's good eventually is because it it forces you to confront every little thing that you <laughs> may have been insecure about or may have struggled with when it comes to self-image, body image, identity. Um, and I have to really dig deep and figure out all of these things for myself and what I truly like what I truly identified as, as a person, like who I am, what I stand for, um, how much I care about my appearance and, and whatever situations I had to really figure these things out because 
I had no choice because it would just keep happening in the sense that I was, you know, people would be coming up to me and people would be meeting me and I was in all these different kinds of social and public situations. So I had no choice but to get very, very clear on who I am, what I stand for, how I feel about myself. And of course it's ever evolving and always changing, but it's, it's good and it's hard. That's pretty much what it is. Right, right. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Cause I could imagine even, you know, going to your local supermarket, which is full of your exact target market. Um, yeah. you know, <laughs> it, it, do you feel a little bit, um, self-conscious ever, you know, a hundred percent, a hundred percent also because I'm an introvert, you know, by nature. So I think that like, for me, it, it's extra, extra hard I guess if you're an introvert you probably will understand that like to to feel like you're not like even when you are alone let's say you go to the grocery store and you don't you didn't meet someone that you know so you're kind of alone like you're kind of just doing your own thing but to know that maybe people know you or maybe either that they know you and they're not coming up to you and they're not saying anything or they're just looking like why does she look familiar or you know I could be thinking that they're thinking um you know, oh, she doesn't look pretty without makeup or like, oh, I thought she looked different. I thought she was shorter. I thought she was taller. Like she looks like she's sad. She looks like she's happy. She like, <laughs> you know, she, her husband, her be like just all the gossipy kind of like you're actually start to go into other people's heads and try to figure out what they're thinking of you, which is very detrimental. And it causes you to be self-conscious. Like even if they're not actually coming up to you, which happens sometimes. And it also happens. I've had people like whisper behind me. I've had people like point and like look away or giggle or run away like little girls or whatever you know you never know <laughs> what situation's gonna be uh occurring but yeah it definitely like it definitely added to my that's what I'm saying I had no choice but to confront like how am I gonna manage these things how am I gonna feel about who I am like do I feel good when I'm you know coming from the gym with no makeup and just chilling in my workout clothes and going to grab something at the grocery which happened yesterday so it's like <laughs> how do I is it hard for me it's still hard for me but I really I really have taken on the role of like like I was saying before I know who I am I know what I stand for I believe that I'm beautiful the way I am yes some days I may be toned down I may be coming from the gym some days I'm going to be all glammed up. Maybe I'm on the way to the wedding and a wedding and I needed to stop in the grocery store and get a snack. I'm making <laughs> up, but like it, it, it could be any kind of situation where there's multiple ways that I present myself. And I think that I'm allowed to be a human being. And when I tell myself, like, it's okay to just be yourself. And if someone doesn't like you or doesn't think that you look good or doesn't that it's fine. So let them think like, I don't know what they're thinking. First of all, I can't go into their heads and it only causes me stress. And I actually can't even ever verify what anyone is really thinking. So what's the purpose in me trying to guess and stress myself out? I may as well just be like, this is me. If someone does want to say hi, I'll say hi. And I'll be confident and brave the way I am to, to own who I am in this moment. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, you've also spoken publicly about, um, you know, self, self-acceptance and feeling and accepting the way that you look, whether, you know, you have acne that day or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so this really all goes together. So how have you, how have you worked on that? Um, just, you know, I, I love some tangible ideas because we all struggle with that, you know, some days. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we definitely, most women, even the most beautiful women out there have some sort of, um, you know, 
have something that, that, that they don't love about themselves have they're self-conscious about something so for sure yeah I would love to hear like how you've worked on that yourself yeah so there are definitely things that you know I wish could be different about myself in in terms of strict appearance and it depends on the day like you're saying acne and I've I struggled with acne for many years and now it's like much better but I still it gets you know goes back and forth better or worse um I think for me the what helps me the most is really not something very practical, but in a way it's practical. It's like a, just a mindset shift of the way I see other people and the way I take in meeting someone or hanging out with someone. And I, and I think about that and I try to like meditate on the fact that when I see someone and when I meet them or I'm hanging out with them, I am fully taking in their entire energy, who they are, everything about them that I love and that I want to be around is so compelling and beautiful to me that just who they are is is the biggest factor in in our connection and our it's really the only thing that matters and it's a collective of the whole whole of who they are and for me to think that someone's gonna look at me and instead of connecting to me and, and enjoying my personality and what I have to offer and everything they're gonna be like oh she has three pimples on the side of her cheek you know like that's that's gross or I mean I don't <laughs> think people are doing that and if they are noticing it and thinking, oh, she has acne, it's probably a fleeting thought. It's not. And so there's no point in me being so critical about my appearance and these things that I consider blemishes and flaws, because that's not who I am. I know who I am. I'm a person that, you know, is full of vibrancy and love and joy and connection. And when someone interacts with me, that is what they're going to be seeing, because that's what I'm choosing to, to see in myself and to be and to not let any little things be the the thing that defines me because it really is just a little added factor to everything that I am I love that it's like a mirror yeah like what you're choosing to see yeah oh I I love that so much it's true um and I I especially love the the point that you said about people not paying attention like even if they do notice uh, a flaw or whatever it is an imperfection they and let I mean unless they're crazy or, you know, a dermatologist, like analyzing you, like they're, no, no right. one, no one is. It's their job and they're trained to like really know. And even if they are, especially if it's their job, they probably don't think any negative thoughts or emotions about it. It's more of like a technical thing. Like, oh, she has this kind of, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And it's so interesting because if we really think about, like if, if we put ourselves in the other person's place and think like, what are they actually noticing? And, and really, you know, try to, look at ourselves from a different perspective that's you're, you're so right you you really notice the, the beautiful aspects about yourself yeah and, and I think that it's more than even putting yourself in other people's shoes because like I was saying before you can never really know or you can guess all you want you'll never really know for sure what other people are thinking about you and how much and I mean you could guess maybe from the way you think about other people and and like you're saying it's a mirror so if you choose to connect to people from a real place and you're hoping that other people that you relate to, that you come in contact with will also see you that way. But it's it's more than that. It's like when you're fully embodying who you are, you're, it, everything about you just merges into one whole and into one being and to you. Everything that you are, everything that you look like, everything that you feel, all your life experiences just merge into this one thing that's you. And when you connect to someone, then they're connecting to you. And it's irrelevant all the little parts that make up who you are because 
they're all one thing. And if you're fully embodying who you are and who everything that you love about yourself and all the amazing things that are actually you, not some random acne on your face, like everything that's you, then that's all you're even really displaying. Like that's, you're almost controlling what other people see about you because it's up to you how you see yourself first. Totally. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and would you say that that was part of, um, your journey and working on, you know, not caring what people thought when it came to being more of a public figure? Yeah. So it's definitely a huge factor. Like, like I was saying, it's the meeting people out in public and all these kinds of things that made me have to confront these things about myself and work on, especially because I had severe acne at certain points. And it was like, oh, how could, you know, I'm the singer, I'm the person that people are like, they think whatever, that I'm supposed to be almost not a human being. And now here is something very, very human that they can look at and be like, oh, she really is a human being. And it's like, it's fine to be a human being. It's fine to be myself. It's okay to just be who I am. And those who want to see me for who I really am will connect to me and will if they have a fleeting thought because they're, they notice because their eyes went to my cheek and saw that I had some acne. So great. I'm sure they're fine with that. It's not, that's not a reason for someone to not like me, not like my music, not, we sometimes get in our heads so much that we think that our flaws and these little things are going to be the reason someone doesn't think we're cool or doesn't think we deserve <laughs> their love or what. I mean, it's, it's so ridiculous almost to think about it like that sometimes, but really just coming back to your core confidence. And it, it forced me to work on my confidence and to work on my self-love. And um, I feel like I have a much better understanding of these concepts and these things I've internalized so much because I, like I was saying, I had almost no choice but to confront these things. And I feel I feel grateful that I was in this position and I think I'm, I'm better off for it. My life is better off for it. Oh, for sure, for sure. Once you reach that, level of confidence and at least the level of being able to have control over your minds and yeah. shift your mindset. That's freedom. I mean, that's literally freedom. Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's, that's very true. And that's really what everybody wants. Everyone wants freedom from all these things that weigh us down and that make us feel, you know, less than, and then make us question things. And, and like I was saying before with the album that I just felt like I had to do it and I did it that, that kind of, there's nothing that could compare it to that joy of just knowing who you are, knowing what you want to do and going for it easily, smoothly. And it doesn't mean that there's no challenges involved in the process, but it just means that you feel so like, it feels so right. And being who you are and really loving yourself feels very right and gives you a confidence that just really makes your life so much better in all these ways. For sure. For sure. I was just thinking, about you know the concept of of people of of worrying about what people think, especially when it comes to being public on social, you know whether you're an influencer, a performer, whatever it is, and having that anxiety of you know and how much that could really mess with with the results of what you're doing because you're so worried. And yeah. if you think about it, like one mindset that really helped me personally was thinking, you know, no one else is paying my bills. No one else has the same responsibilities as me. At the end of the day, people could offer their advice, could think, you know, X, Y, and Z about you. But at the end of the day, you're the one who's going to have to, you know, deal with the consequences of your actions or non-actions because you didn't do it because you were so nervous. Exactly. So (laughs) you're the only one living your life. And at the end of the day, you have to live with you. So if you're going to let the perceived 
other people's maybe thoughts about you stop you from doing things it's almost ridiculous if you think about it like that yeah I was thinking about like Kim Kardashian right half the world hates her but could you imagine if she's like okay so half the world hates me so I'm just not going to do what I do she wouldn't be worth the amount of money that she's worth like no (laughs) one you know what I mean she has her circle of friends just like we have our circle of friends and our circle of supporters and that's that's really all you need well really you need yourself and then of course it's important to have some sort of support system yeah but I, I just For thought sure. that was really like interesting um, way of, and, and, and I've heard it before, of course, you know, p- people talk about it, but when you really think about um, how it affects your own life, you know, the way people think about you, um, it, it can really, it, it can bring that sense of freedom when you shift from that. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's debilitating to actually make these decisions in life and like go about your life and and think like what are people gonna think and how do I look and it's it's so like time consuming energy consuming it just takes so much away from your life and it stops you from doing these amazing things that you really could be doing like I actually had this this anxiety before I did the life coaching thing first I was all into it and I was going for it and then I was like wait, like, I don't want to share it because what if people are going to think, oh, she's a singer. She can't be a life coach also because (laughs) it's just (laughs) not like, I thought you were one thing. I put you in this box. I'm imagining that they're thinking of me that way where I'm just one thing. And then I'm like, but I'm not one thing. Everyone, you know, I know, and all the people around me know that I'm not one thing. I'm multidimensional, like you said, and there's so much to me and and I want to do this and I want to share myself in this way. And you know, branch out my career in this way. And this is what I'm choosing to do. And if people don't get it and think that it's, you're a singer, you can't be a life coach. Like, I mean, it's irrelevant to what I do. I'm still going to do what I do. And I'm happy that I, I went for it and actually recently created a membership site. It's very, very new, but it's like almost like a group coaching membership. And it's a really nice way for people to have that community support. And I post life coaching content in there and it's so much fun. And, you know, everything that I do to branch out and every, every decision I make, it's very hard to be like, what are people going to think? And I have to keep re coming back. It's like meditation. You re retrain <laughs> your brain to keep coming back to center and say, I know who I am. I have to reaffirm what I believe, what I know who I am, what I know that I want to give and make decisions for me. Cause I'm the one living my life and I'm the one that knows the best what to do. And, and it would be a shame to listen to people's advice or listen to people's what you're perceiving their advice might be, even if you didn't ask them, because you're not asking right. the whole world, should I do this? But you're actually taking the whole world's fake opinion that you didn't even ask yet into into consideration. And that's just, no, I can't live my life that way. And I have to keep circling back to what I really want to be doing and who I know I am. For sure. Well, I love that membership site. That's so cool. Yeah, um, it's really, really fun. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm sure you found this um, as a life coach, especially because you've been doing this for like a year already. Um, you know, I find that the whole Instagram mentality and our whole, I don't know, 21st century mentality is about becoming more visible and people feeling, especially women feeling, you know, super invisible. People don't yeah. see them for who they are. They don't feel supported. They don't, whatever it is. And, um, I'd love to hear about, you know, what, what, what your experience in that. Yeah, that's, that's, I like that. I I think that people are these days, like you're saying, they're fighting to be as visible as possible and they're fighting to get the most attention. Everyone, if they make a reel, they want it to like go viral. They want, you know, so many views on it. They don't want 2000, 3000 from their random followers who happen to see it. They want it to go somewhere, but 
at the same time, focusing on visibility and having that be your focus, I feel like takes away a lot from what a person has to offer. Because if you're so focused on making sure the world sees what you're doing, then what are you actually doing? If all you're doing is, is doing things to make, make the world see you, then, then when they do see you, what are you going to be doing? Like, what, who are you? What's your life? Like, what, what do you have to offer? And so I think it's the, the, the approach that I have always. And, you know, with, there are plenty of singers who are, you know, grew their numbers on Instagram way past me. You know, it's not, what I try to focus on the most is that I'm not willing to sacrifice who I am or my time to, to, to be, to join that fight, to be visible. I'm not, I'm not willing. What I'm willing to do is actually make my life feel good, do well in my own life and share what I feel able or willing to share. You know, depends on the day. Sometimes a little, I'm a little quieter on Instagram. Sometimes I'm not, depends on my mood. And I very much go with who I really am and how I really feel. And if I have something to say, I share it to my amazing, lovely group of people who are already choosing to be you know, in my experience and want to hear what I have to say. And if it happens to be that other people see it or someone wants to share it, it's naturally going to go where it's meant to go. And to, to value the, the people who are actually in your life and who actually do see your content and, and, and really just even how your own life feels the most, because people are so busy trying to show what they're doing and show who they are and show, but at their core, if you met them, what will the, what does their life look like? Who are they as people? And I want to always stay as true to myself as possible because I know that like circling back to that other thing, you're the one at living your life at the end of the day and you have to feel good about it and you have to feel happy and proud of who you are. And you're not going to if you're only always fighting to, to be more and to feel not good enough as you do it. Because whenever you're fighting to, to be as visible as possible, there's always a part of you that feels lacking. Like you're not good enough. Totally. That is so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's when you circle around to the core, it's really about your self-worth. That's the, exactly. yeah, yeah. That's so beautiful. Speaking of, you know, other performers and singers, how do you deal with, with comparison? So it's, it's definitely tricky and it's, and I can't say that I'm not a human being and I don't actually talk about it too much and I don't like to focus on it same same reason like I'm saying I don't like to focus on it to to for that to be a factor in the way I feel and the way I think and the way I live my life because I value myself but at the same time it definitely you know sometimes doesn't feel great to to you know not be progressing I guess as much as other people or even what it seems like it doesn't even necessarily mean it's true um but what I keep coming back to again is knowing who I am and knowing that my work and my music and my life coaching and everything that I have to offer, I believe in it. I believe in who I am. And I know that the people who are going to see it are the right people, the right people who are going to connect to it and going to gain from it. And that's really all I wanted in the first place. The reason my why, the reason that I did this in the first place was to connect and to inspire. And if I'm doing that and it's a hundred people, it's more, but let's say it's 10 people, it's five people, it doesn't matter. I'm doing what I set out to do. And I'm proud of that because it doesn't have to be some large scale thing in order for it to be powerful. And I saw this quote because I was talking to a friend about this a couple of days ago that we were saying, you know, like when other people are doing things and you start to get in your head, like I'm not doing enough or they're doing it better than me. And it's like, instead of focusing on the way I do it is beautiful and great for 
you know, because that's what I do and that's what feels right to me. And that's what comes natural to me. So I'm not going to almost, so to speak, sell out to be something that I'm not because I don't, that's not going to feel good to me. And that's not going to be right for the world either. So who am I helping? But this quote said, or this Instagram post, whatever it was said to the helpers, don't get discouraged. If you put your work out into the world and don't see it catching fire right away, maybe your work isn't catchy. Maybe it's so deep and real that your impact doesn't really live on a surface level. Maybe you're a slow burn that transforms people from the inside out and forever. And I think that like the, the idea of wanting to put your work out in the world and it catching fire, like I was saying before, the reel you wanted to go viral, maybe you're the kind of person who doesn't catch fire because you're the kind of person that when people connect to you, it's maybe a few people who actually see your worth and see the depth of who you are. And it's not everyone. Everyone likes more hype and fun and glitter and things, but maybe those people who really appreciate your own, your songwriting and your depth of character and your heart, those are the people that are going to connect to, you know, your music and your life coaching and everything that you do. And they're going to appreciate it and they're going to stay with you. And that's really who I want. I don't need a hundred thousand views on a viral thing. You know, it doesn't, that's not fulfilling that I, I, my aim was to connect. My aim was to inspire. And if I'm doing that slowly and intentionally and deliberately to the right people, then that's really what I try to focus on the most. Yes, I definitely agree with you. And there's also another level um, of, you know, someone once said, told me, you know, it's actually about the podcast. It's funny. Um, she said, make sure that even if no one is listening to the podcast, which thank God we have thousands of listeners, but that's just a sad one. But she's like, if no one's listening, you know, create it so that it's still so great and beneficial, even if no one's listening, even for, yeah. for, for you. Yeah. And I thought that was so powerful. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so right. Because at the end of the day, just like we said, it really comes down to you. Yeah, you want to be proud of the, when you listen back to these podcasts one day, you want to be proud of your, you know, your contribution and the project that you created. And, and maybe in the beginning, there's a few listeners and same thing with my, you know, life coaching takes time to gain traction. My, I've, I have, you know, a handful of members right now, and I'm starting to like build it and, and I'm actually doing a pretty secret about it. Like I've been a little quieter about it and not sharing it so much because I want it to be like I was saying, more of a slow, deliberate, intentional thing. But basically, like I was doing on my YouTube channel also where I was doing, I was posting lifestyle content and I'm still doing, I'm doing those lifestyle videos. And I kind of switched over all my life coaching content to the membership. So that's how I kind of separated it recently. But um, in the beginning, I was putting out the YouTube videos and I was getting very few views and I barely had any subscribers and I wasn't monetized yet. And I was just like, no, every single week, I'm going to, it took me a year, maybe over a year to get monetized. And I did a video every single week or almost every single week. Wow. And I told myself the consistency and the drive that I'm going to have for this project is because I love doing it and because I believe that it's valuable. And if it doesn't ever catch fire, I'm going to do it because I, I'm going to do it up until the day that I'm not interested in doing it anymore because I'm doing it for me ultimately. And the people, again, the people that are right for it and they're going to find it and appreciate it and enjoy it will find it. And there's no reason I should not do something because I don't have enough, you know, viewers or enough, li enough listeners, because I have to be proud of what I'm doing. I have to do it on a high level where I feel like it's worthy of being seen and worthy of being heard. And then the right people that are interested and the right people that are right for it, that content will find it eventually. Yes. Yes, exactly. 
Yeah, that's the way to do it because I mean, or else you'll just get burnt out so easily, you know, if you're not seeing the external results that you've been hoping exactly. for. Yes. Enough. So yeah, I love that. Okay. If you had one message to give over to the next generation of women, what would that message be? So there's so many messages, of course. Um, I think the one that I would focus on is to not be afraid of other people's opinions and also other people's perceived opinions, the guessing that you're doing for other people, wondering what they actually think of you and letting that stop you from going after your dreams and being your full self, making your own life feel good. Just, just being you, doing you, being your full self, embodying yourself and remembering that the work that you do, if you fully embody yourself and if you fully give over yourself in a beautiful way, the right people will come to it and you don't need to be, you know, uh, your reel doesn't need to go viral in order for you to make an impact. You are, everything that you are and everything that you do is powerful, even for just one person. Beautiful. Love it. Okay. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Okay. So quite a few places. We have the music stuff (laughs) is um, on YouTube, on Spotify, Apple music, really just all the music places. That's where my music is. And as far as life coaching, um, I have a website, this is realization.com and my realization membership as well. I'll give you the link for that. If women want to join, it's for women 18 plus on YouTube. Also, I have that lifestyle channel. So I'll give you that link as well. And that's pretty much encompasses what I've been doing lately. Beautiful. Love it. Love it. Love what you're doing. Thank you so much for. Thank you. Yeah. Th- thanks for coming on. Inspiring. And everyone's going to be so inspired by you. I just know it. I was Thank definitely. You. You're so sweet. <laughs> and it was such a pleasure having you. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be on here and you're doing amazing things. And I love, I love watching you bloom and flourish in everything that you do. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 